Welcome to the Cork Creative Podcast. With this podcast, we hope to promote local creative businesses and people. I am your host, Geraldine Hennessy from Flux Learning. And today, musician Alan Tobin, aka ADT, joins us for a chat in a bustling O'Donovan's Hotel in Clonkilty. A native of Artfield, Alan has made Carrigaline his home, along with his wife Catherine and three daughters. A job in graphic design means a constant stream of creativity flows through him and affords him the opportunity to pursue his passion for electronic folk music. Today we chat about his music, the challenges of the music industry, the differences between being a solo artist and being part of a band, the things and people that inspire him, working with other creative people, his new album, along with his passion for lighthouses. So you're very welcome to Cork Creative, Alan. Thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. How would you describe your music to those not familiar with it? That's a difficult question, to be honest. The music that I'm creating now is more kind of like, I I call it e-folk, electronic folk. I'm not sure if I've come up with the term, probably not. (laughs) But yeah, so it's a mixture of, you know, kind of singer-songwriter folk music, Mm -hmm. kind of structures are there. The, The songwriting is there in terms of verses, choruses. But then I've brought the, the genius himself, Justin Grounds, on board. And that's where he kind of tears the music apart and puts it back mm. together and uses a lot of electronic stuff, as well as obviously natural instruments like violins and air instruments. I like obviously use guitar. So it's kind of soundtracky, atmospheric folk. And how is the music scene in Cork? Uh, the music scene itself is healthy in terms of the talent and what's being created is amazing Mm -hmm. and especially now that I suppose through the pandemic it reinforced the fact that you can record at home Mm -hmm. and do a lot of home recording so there's abundance of great talent coming out of Cork Mm -hmm. the music scene itself it's slow Mm -hmm. any people that have been asking the crowds haven't really returned yet yeah to the capacity it was pre-pandemic but it's getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for creatively, it's never been better mm-hmm. because artists can create anywhere, no, anytime, anywhere. And you do know? you think so that like with the pandemic, it helped people, maybe people had more time and they started kind of doing more stuff at home? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like from my point of view, mm. the creative process definitely helped. You yeah. could go into your creative space mm-hmm. and that was always a safe place, you mm-hmm. know? And then... Yeah, you could communicate with everybody. Then mm-hmm. obviously with the video conferencing and live streaming and all that, you could communicate with so many more people, you know, at, again, at any time, pre-recorded or live. So definitely, yeah, it definitely helped, I suppose, adapt to, obviously adapt to the conditions and yeah. the environment around the place. But if you ask any musician, it's tough yeah. to make a living. Mm. Like I'm lucky that I have, you know, a kind of bread and butter job, as yeah. you say, to be able to pursue, you know, my creative side. Mm. Then. But in terms of it, it being a full time job, it's really tough. Yeah, yeah. It, I would imagine it must be hard for people if they really just want just to pursue that. It's different. Like if you want to be an artist or something, you know, there's probably not a lot of money to be made if you're exclusively just a musician. Yeah, like it, it, I suppose in terms of making money from it. If you think of the most successful artists now, they're all from the 70s and Mm. 80s, you know, back catalogue, selling them on. Like you're not going to make any money on Spotify. Mm. Bandcamp is great because it does allow you to sell your merchandise, sell your music. I think they have live streaming now as well on that. So like from that point of view, it's great. 
and even touring now the labels have I've latched onto you know getting a cut of the merchandise now mm. like a lot of the the touring bands would have made their bread and butter really from the merchandise sales yeah. I was in Cigaros and at Three Arena and it was I'd say three quarters full okay you know they were playing one night in Dublin gosh yeah it was their kind of world tour of an anniversary from one of their albums back in the day that would have been a hot ticket yeah you know? yeah 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 so you can definitely see that there's a change yeah. a change i think they did a gig in the states mm. so i could have watched the entire gig yeah you know, I, I i watched most of mm. it anyway do you know yeah. even though i did want to feel the live experience yeah, yeah. but the fact that it's there available yeah. you're kind of going well if i can sit on my sofa and watch it with headphones on but i know yeah, like, i know the whole experience though like not that i'm i want to go to many gigs but it's just completely mm. different when you're in the venue it's the whole emotional part of being in that gig that I really, really love, oh, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like music kind of timestamps your life, mm -hmm. you know, and it brings you back to that hour, that minute yeah. that you heard it first, whether good or bad. Yeah, you know? it, that's actually so true. When I think of the things in my life, I think of certain songs or if I hear a song, it triggers me and, and I rem remember maybe a moment in my life as you say, good or bad, you know, but it's very true. Yeah, that's yeah. what music can do. Yeah. And you're both a member of Low Mountain and a solo artist, ADT. What are the main differences for you between performing as part of a band and going solo? Well, I suppose the biggest thing is I can decide whatever I want yeah. to record. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I don't have to answer to... Niall or Deirdre, yeah. which is good and bad yeah. because I suppose with Niall and Deirdre you have this sounding board mm -hmm. and you'd bring a song to the table, let's say, and they'd kind of go, yeah, there's something there or let's work on it while being solo. I suppose I have that in a certain way with Justin. I do have it actually with Justin, but the fact that I can explore a little bit more in terms of whatever instruments I want to bring in and mm -hmm. with Low Mountain, we primarily keep it as stripped down as possible. So it'd be just the two vocals and two guitars. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that's the biggest difference that mm -hmm. I, I have more control over it, which, yeah. Which you, is, do you like having the control? <laughs> I do and I don't because yeah. I'm kind of very easygoing in, when it comes to recording. I, I'm a kind of a one or two take person okay. and I can go, yeah, I think that'll do. Yeah. You know, while maybe like Niall might have a day on a, on a guitar yeah. piece and I'd be going that's fine that's fine you yeah, know when yeah, I'm kind yeah. of going just you kind of have to keep the vibe as well yeah, you don't yeah, want to get yeah. to be too laboured yeah, you know but yeah that's probably the biggest difference okay. alright just, okay. just to have that I suppose control yeah and what or who influences you the most in terms of your music oh I, I'd, I'd listen to everything and anything really yeah. like my, I suppose my own songs are kind of not sad songs but they're definitely slow burning songs I'd listen to Logic or Kanye West mm. or any band like that or obviously Sigurás would mm. be a big influence a lot of Icelandic music Oliver Arnold's he does a lot of kind of soundtracks okay. so that it's more atmospheric because I'm, I'm mad into movies and yeah. making short films as well so I suppose they go hand in hand mm. So you're not alone making a piece of music, but I'm thinking of it visually as well. Yeah. Like even making, you know, videos for them. Mm. And that's what I suppose with ADT, that's another side to the music is that I try and create as much visual stuff as well for, okay. for each track. Like the new album will be probably about eight tracks. Okay. So I'm hoping 
to at least do maybe three short films or okay. short pieces of visual art for it you mm. know myself and sean o'connor went to cigarettes and sean did my last we did kind of a short film for the consequences of breaking the heart and that's all we, we kind of spoke about really was the next if we could do something for the next single yeah. you know and yes to do it kind of fast and simple so mm. I, I have a few ideas i was pitching to him you know yeah so yeah so it's, it's just a matter of I suppose reining in your ideas as yeah. well, you know, because uh, like it, it costs a fair bit of money, right, to mm. make videos. We actually came across this. It was Justin showed me actually that band Low. Okay. They did a one shot video in their kitchen of the lead singer stuffing his face with cake. Oh God. <laughs> while the other two band members stood next to him clapping in beat in time with the music. And Justin kind of just said, look, take a look at this. This might spark some sort of a, an idea you yeah. know and I, I looked at the first and went god this is mad it's, and he yeah. was trying to like drink milk as well at the same time so you know milk <gasps> and spilling and you're oh, kind of going oh god. my god but you wanted to watch the end though didn't you oh, so I did. Isn't, isn't that the whole purpose of the video yeah. you know yeah. so it's kind of sparked an idea you now for a video kind of a, a a nod of the hat to to this video yeah yeah and again, it was just one camera, one setup. Yeah, straightforward. And but yeah, yeah, it works. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the simplest ideas are the best, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And you've been working on a second album. How is that progressing? So you just mentioned it there. I started kind of recording at the start of the year, mm -hmm. thinking you know you'd get it done in two months, but you know life happens. I'll be working obviously with Justin. But it's just to find the time too to sit down and to track each song and stuff like that. So I've tracked half the album. So I've tracked about four songs. Mm -hmm. We're hoping to have a single out. I want New Year's Eve. So I want to release something this year. Okay. So it'll be on New Year's Eve. I'm yeah. going to release it. <laughs> just in time. <laughs> just in time. Exactly. Yeah. So at the start of the year, I went up to Galway, up to Ashgra in Galway. Okay. There's a guy called Alton Conlon. He's a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And he does these songwriting workshops. Okay. So his his usual, I suppose, way of doing these workshops is he'd invite maybe two to three songwriters together and it, we'd stay in his cabin or stay in his house mm. uh, for the weekend and yeah, just trash out a few songs and stuff like that. But he knew that I was trying to finish kind of writing a few songs. Yeah. So he said just f to come up myself. So I spent a weekend recording and finished writing some of the songs so mm. I, so at least I had that done so the songs were all written by February okay so then it was just a matter of tracking them yeah. and because I have a little home studio myself so mm -hmm. that's how I work I do all the vocals and the guitar work and the tracking work and then send it to Justin mm -hmm. and he kind of tears it apart and puts it back together does with, his magic does his magic yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd send him some reference points like maybe Beck drums and this, you know, mm. or, you know, or Beastie Boys sound effects. <laughs> yeah. I suppose with ADT, I work a lot with field recordings. Yeah. I, I got the train down yesterday from Dublin at seven o'clock mm. and I did some recordings of the train. So they must have gone, well, who's this guy with yeah. his H4 in between the carriages yeah. trying to record, you know, I love rhythmic yeah. stuff as well, you know. 
and the, the train is always good for that mm. the h4 is with me all the time yeah just that's great yeah just anything like i recorded eggs boiling the other mm. night because it was a nice little rattle yeah going on yeah. and so just yeah weird things like that there's i think it was a few years ago Skibreen Arts Festival yeah they brought Chris Watson he does all these field recordings he goes all over the world mm-hmm. like up mountains you know valleys low uh, recording just the sounds you know yeah. and it was an Abishjuri church it was a talk but he played his recordings mm. in the church in, in, with a full PA system and I was going oh, man this is just well, amazing yeah, yeah and it was the same time that Pat Collins yeah you know from the yeah. league he he finished silence okay which is it kind of follows this character he goes into the middle of of Donegal into a, a landscape where there's no industrial sounds mm. to record silence i suppose the juxtaposition is that you'll never record silence yeah. there's always going to be sound mm. so yeah that's where my interest in field recordings okay. peaked you know or started i should say and yeah ever since the h4 has been my best friend so you're obviously a very kind of creative person what with being a graphic designer as well as being a musician so you just kind of touched on it there but can you describe your creative process when you write new music i suppose it i always have a guitar around the house so you'd be kind of noodling like the kids would be telling me to stop you know they're trying to do something and the hand would come up to the strings to stop me playing but yeah, so I'm always noodling at something. Yeah. So it starts with maybe a, a kind of a, a chord progression. Yeah. And then I'd be humming a melody or something. And, and then that would shape the kind of, I suppose, the vibe or the, the theme of the song, whether mm-hmm. it being a sad song or a happy song, it would dictate the theme of it then. And then I just start maybe mumbling words. So it starts off with that. And might You might hit one line and then usually what I do is I'd write the second verse first. The first verse I always feel is the best verse yeah. or the most, you know, kind of going, yeah, this is, this is great now. So if, if I start with that, the second verse mightn't be as good. <laughs> so I make the first verse, That's the second verse, yeah. so that I have to make the first verse now just as good as, yeah. The, yeah so it's, it's that kind of process. So I, I do a little bit of recording, I suppose, like back when I started writing, like I was supposed to, was what, I was 14 when I started the guitar and. You know, Nirvana would have been a huge influence mm. and Kurt's lyrics, mm. they'd be sparse, you know, like my songs wouldn't be, you know, scriptures, they wouldn't be big, big songs. Mm-hmm. And I thought that his lyrics were just spot on, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, when I was like a teenager, he spoke to us, you mm. know, he did. So when I started writing, like we had no phones, no, yeah. no smartphones to record stuff. So I always thought that if the melody was any good, it would stay in my head. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Paul McCartney was the same when he was kind of writing. He always thought that if it's any good, it will stick with you, mm-hmm. you know, a melody. So that's that's what I had up until smartphones. Yeah. And now you can just record anything. Yeah. And so you'd have endless voice recordings that, yeah. that you'll probably never go back to. But in, in saying that, if I am, I suppose, not in a writer's block or, or, or maybe a music block, it's always good to go back and yeah. listen to stuff. And that will spark, mm. you know, again, like reading a book, mm-hmm. if you're stuck on lyrics, I always have the highlighter out. Yeah. And if there's anything there, then you just highlight a word and you go, God, that's that's a nice word. Yeah. Just yeah. Squeeze that in somewhere, you know. 
God, your brain must be, it must be so exhausting. I'd say it's just completely immersive. Like you're, you're never switched off. Are you like you're constantly, like if you're looking at a video or, if, you know, on TV or you hear sounds, it must be like, it's nonstop. Your brain is just constantly looking for ideas, isn't it? Do you but not it's think? great. Yeah. You it's love that. You love that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not a chore. It's not a burden. Yeah. It's not a heavy weight to carry. Again, with graphic design, sure. I'm looking at magazines and yeah. looking at billboards you know you're just constantly in that kind of creative, creative process space, yeah. Yeah. since having kids you're opening up to another new world of yeah. creativity especially with well, the cartoons and the, the movies that they're watching like one jumps to mind is bluey mm-hmm. it's on disney i'd watch that myself without the kids you know mm-hmm. it's just it's just so good and i've recently become a big fan of spongebob squarepants <laughs> i think it's the most insane crazy piece the kids like love watching it before i'd only dip in and out and i'd be walking past the tv and going what is this (laughs) until i actually sat down and watched one of the movies with antonio banderas one of the but it was just so funny and so clever and mad total Mm -hmm. mad madness so you'd get your inspiration from anywhere yes you know yeah 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 yeah. as you grow older then yeah, you, I'm not alone looking back, but looking towards the, the next crop of of artists and, you know, visual artists is just phenomenal, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And as a musician, you work with a lot of different creative people. You've mentioned them, like, from musicians like Justin Grounds and Subrelic to filmmakers like Sean O'Connor. Do you find these collaborations essential to help you continuously develop as an artist? Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. You have to kind of surround yourself with... I suppose like-minded, but like with the way I work, if if let's say if I'm asking like so if say Aidan O'Regan who did the, the artwork for my first album and he's done the artwork now for the second album. I actually have the artwork done. Mm-hmm. I've no no music completed yet, yeah. but I'd kind of just le- leave it up to them. Mm-hmm. I'd steer them and maybe give them a reference point because obviously when I'm a graphic designer, the worst thing that a client could say is, oh, do, do whatever you want. Because you're kind of going, well, it's not, not I'm, I'm not designing it for you <laughs> yeah. or for, for myself, yeah. it's for you. So yeah, so I would give them a reference point. But other than that, I'd let them just whatever inspires them or whatever mm-hmm. they take from it. Like with Justin, as I said, he kind of takes my vocals and guitar or whatnot and just tears it apart and mm-hmm. puts it back together with, with his magic. Sub Relic then, they get or completed, let's say, songs. Mm-hmm. We call them stems. So it's like layers of all the music so they can actually okay. pick and choose what they want. Again, I give them no reference point, whatever they find within the music mm-hmm. themselves to take. And with Sean, yeah, well, Sean knows exactly what he wants. If he mm-hmm. hears something like with the consequence of breaking the heart, we had like I'd known Sean or I've known Sean for about 10 or more years. And we've always chatted like whenever we'd meet up, we chat about music and film and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And we always chat about working together someday. So when I released the album, he obviously got a copy of it. He'd been trying to make this short film for about two or three years. Yeah. And he said, the weirdest thing is there's a song on your album and it just fits with the script. Mm. So he sent me the script. Now, it it being a music video, it wouldn't have dialogue Mm -hmm. to a point. So it would be a visual representation Mm. of the short film. I read the script and I went, oh my God, this is just Mm. total surreal altogether. So yes, we just made the, the short film then in between a house in Loch Ain and in Chidani. And we went all out in it really. Yeah. Like we got, you know, lighting, two really good actors. 
and a great director of photography then Jess Foley mm-hmm. he does lots of stuff around the place and he works with Sean a lot mm. so again I trusted Sean it was his project so I just left him to us, do it and I tagged along the day because like I'm fierce interested in all yeah. this kind of stuff to the making of you know yeah. so with the new album I've brought in Anthony Noonan Anto, mm-hmm. to play drums and I'm getting Arden the Cates are going to record some backing vocals and Eve Clegg is going to do some saxophone so this album is probably going to be a little bit bigger and some yeah. more fuller so yeah it's I suppose it's working with people that you respect mm. and that you you just want to work with them any excuse really do you know but they're like-minded, but they add something different, a different element, different oh, layer to yeah. the, the whole production of everything. Yeah. Very yeah. Nice, yeah. And yeah. hopefully, they, you know, that they find something in it as yeah. well, you know, not that I'm just forcing them to kind of go, oh, well, here's Alan again. He's some, <laughs> some idea, some mad idea that he wants to, ah, let's sure entertain not. him. <laughs> Poor creator. I'm sure it's a, a mutual uh, respect for each other. Hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you combined two great passions early in the year when you recorded some sessions in the Galley Lighthouse. Can you describe the experience to our listeners? Yeah, the Galley Lighthouse means a lot to me, really. Yeah. Like, I'm from Ardfield, so pretty much every morning I'd open my curtains and I'd see the, the Galley Head Lighthouse. So it's mm. like lighthouses are, it's kind of a constant element in your life, mm. you know, a guiding light. <laughs> to a point but I hadn't actually gone into the lighthouse it was a few years back it had an open day yeah the first one yeah uh, probably the first one yeah. yeah yeah and that was the first time I got I got to uh, get in and have a look around and you know up to the the lamp and everything and, and go outside and just see the view and yeah it was just yeah it was really really amazing so yeah I was it was earlier this year I I know Joe Butler and I'm pretty friendly with the family mm-hmm so I just popped him an email to see if he was around any weekend or mm. any morning or that I'd love to record even just the acoustics in there mm. and just to see because like the, what I call the belly, I'm not sure if it's the proper term for lighthouse, but the belly of the lighthouse, it's just the, the, the re- natural reverb mm. is just really, really cool. So he replied and he said, yeah, he was free a certain morning and we met up. And he literally just opened the door and he said, there you go. I'll, well, I'll, be, yeah. ba- I'll be back in an hour, an hour and a half. I had my H4, just went up to the, the lighthouse, had two tripods. And it's weird because obviously when you're there on your own, just as a guest, yeah. you know, you just have your coat and stuff. But I had, it was light equipment, but it was still equipment to kind of get up and down the steps. And I was just thinking if anything fell into the, the lamp. Or oh gosh, yeah. Or if anything fell, because you, do, you don't even think about these things, yeah. that it could it would smash. But no, I travelled light. It was just an iPhone I used and yeah. the H4 to do the, the, the audio. And yeah, it was just really strange being in the lighthouse on your own because mm. like I'd read Jar's book and, you know, I've heard stories of the sounds of in the lighthouse mm. and just imagining, because it was actually a beautiful day. I was there, mm. so there was no wind or nothing. But just imagine being there, you know, during a storm or... Just being totally open and exposed to the elements, mm. you know, it would have been exciting but frightening at the same time, you know. So yeah, so I just recorded a few bits and pieces and released them on YouTube then maybe a month later when I mm. had it all edited down. But yeah, sure, I have some mad ideas about doing a lighthouse tour around yeah. Ireland. Again, sure, who'd, who'd go to a lighthouse, you know, to, to see know. music, but yeah. you never know. You never know. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are obsessed with lighthouses. Oh, there are. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the faster would be on my bucket list. I haven't got out there yet. Oh, have you not? not even on a boat. Oh my no. gosh, yeah, yeah. So I think I'd probably jump off the boat and try swim yeah. to the lighthouse. Which people have done yeah, that, yeah. just to get on, like. I've gone around it in a boat, all right, yeah, and it looks it's fairly yeah. impressive, like as a structure, how they built it back in the day, like, oh, it's, it's incredible, like, it's, it's in the wilds, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, there's something about them. We went to Sheep's Head on a stag. <laughs> we went for a walk, and there was about, I suppose there was about 15 or 16 of us, this was before we, we hit the pub. But we went for a walk around the sheep's head and I, I can't remember the name of the lighthouse. But where we were at it, they do maintenance on it once a year. Mm-hmm. That time we were at it, the man had come to do maintenance okay. and he left us in. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was just like going, that is timing. Yeah, exactly. You know? It was like you're, it was meant to be. It really. was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This group of mad people going on the stag. Yeah. Let's be very cultured and civilized. And exactly, go look at yeah. a lighthouse. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So you were able to go mad afterwards. <laughs> so we went mad afterwards. We celebrated after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good. yeah. And you've mentioned it there about you've used YouTube as a, a medium to get some of your music out into the public domain. Do you think that this is a useful platform for musicians? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you have YouTube music now as well. Yeah, it's like any platform like that does help. Mm-hmm. I know that Facebook, their algorithms don't really lend well to YouTube mm-hmm. um, or embedded videos. So there's always obviously that conflict between. Mm, trade-off, yeah. But I, yeah, like I, I look at YouTube all the time. I've recently found the, the short clips, mm. which is good too. But mm. then sure, you know yourself, you go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> Of watching all oh, the amount of prank things I've been watching on Facebook is just, and then you're going like, God, that's that's twenty minutes of my life. <laughs> you know, watching people being pranked, and you're going, Oh, what am I like? What do you feel is the best song you've ever released? Oh, is that like asking what is your favorite child? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I suppose the first song that myself and Niall wrote, mm. I was, I think it was the first song we ever wrote together. Because, oh, yeah, so I, I started work in the Southern Star in 2007 and Niall was working there. And every lunchtime, like he's from Skibbereen, mm-hmm. so we go to his house for a cup of tea at lunchtime. And next thing, the guitars would come out. So that's where Low Mountain started. Okay. So it was a lunchtime kind of project. Yeah. One session he brought letter that his grandfather, when his grandfather was incarcerated in Mountjoy okay. during the Civil War. Yeah. And it was written on blue paper. Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, he didn't give us the original, but he, he gave us a photocopy of it. So we wrote a song called Captive Blue. Okay. And that's the first song that we wrote together. And that's the song then that kind of got us on other voices. That was the start of yeah. definitely my career properly, even though I, you know, I'd been in bands beforehand. Mm. But that was the first song that really kind of went, I, I actually could do something now with, with songwriting. And, mm. you know, so I suppose that would be that would be the first child, the, mm-hmm. the eldest. Yeah. yeah. So it wouldn't be the favourite, but it'd be the most important one. Okay. It kind of started the ball, I suppose, in your music career. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. We won't say the word favourite. We'll just say no. it's the one that stands out to you. We won't be uh, picking favourites. Okay? I suppose the, like your favourite is always the one that you're working on yeah, now. Or that, yeah, it's the, yeah. It's the freshest in yeah. your head. Because after, 
after a while, you know, especially when you're recording, playing it live and over and over again. Mm. Not that it loses, like it doesn't lose anything when you're recording it mm. or playing it live. But it, it's the, again, it's that hearing that song for the first time yeah. that, you know, you'd wish you'd sometimes you'd love to. Would you be a fan of your own music, if you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. if you heard yourself on the radio, would you kind of go, oh, yeah, I must check those guys out. Yeah. Not that like. I certainly don't write music for people or to yeah. be, you know, for anybody to come and listen or whatever. Like I write songs for kind of myself and for the enjoyment of it. And who would you be your dream musician to collaborate with? Jeepers. Have I asked another who is your favourite child question? <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose it depends on not your mood, but I suppose yeah. the type of music. Like locally, obviously I'm going to collaborate with all my friends and the people, mm. especially I want to keep it kind of local as well with... Mm. With the Kates, you know, with, with Paul O'Brien, Eve Mida Hoolahan, Eve Clegg, and I'd get Deirdre as well to back in vocals. I've Ellie O'Keefe then, who's a friend of mine. She's based in London. She's doing back in vocals okay. in one of the songs. You get Anto involved. So like I, I am working with what I'd consider, like obviously you'd be thinking, you know, oh, I'd love to work with Bruce, Bruce Springsteen or any of that calibre, mm. but I, I don't think I would like to. Mm. It's like meeting, you know, meeting your hero. You don't, you just don't want to. It's always a disappointment as, as yeah. far as I'm aware. What would I be doing in a studio with Bruce Springsteen? Do you yeah. know? You're happy with the people that you know. Exactly. And, yeah, and, yeah. and they're the ones that will influence me. And as I want the best for them, they'll want the best for yeah. me. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Especially I, c I couldn't afford Bruce Springsteen anyway. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> we have some great music venues here in Cork to Barra's. Collins, Cocklands, whatever you want to say it. Conley's of Lep. If you could choose any one venue to play in the world, where would it be and why? I suppose there's two. Okay. Uh, Carnegie Hall. Mm-hmm. And Royal Albert Hall as well. Okay. Just because they're just places that I'd just love to to be on stage there, yeah. you know. They're beautiful venues too. Beautiful yeah. venues, yeah. yeah. Iconic in their own, you know, in their way. And like stadium-wise, no, I, th I think they'd be just really intimate. Yeah, the acoustics you know? are Yeah, exactly. Yeah, There's yeah, a natural yeah. kind mm. of acoustics to it. Mm. I'd be always thinking, like, if, if, you, if you won the lotto and you just hire the place, I just know. for yourself. Yeah, get a bus loads for Markville there yeah, yeah. to come and yeah. have a bit of an old session. Wouldn't That's be a bit right. of crack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be the job. When you win the last assault. But the thing is, they'd, they'd be at the bar. They probably wouldn't be listening at all to the... <laughs> Don't open the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll be for afterwards. <laughs> and if you could change anything about the industry, what would it be? Great. change... <laughs> Yeah, I think a little bit, bit more fairness, mm -hmm. especially in the distribution, the online streaming services. Like, it's pathetic, really. Mm. Even if you have millions of listeners a week, you're still not going to earn a crust, really, mm. from it, you know. I think get rid of Spotify altogether. Mm. Mm. Even though I do, you know, I have a subscription, but definitely I'd big up Bandcamp a lot more, mm. you know. But yeah, get rid of Spotify. That's fair enough. I think a lot of people would agree. And what's next for you? So what are your plans for the months ahead? Yeah, the first single on New Year's Eve. And we might have a video ready for that. We'll see. Again, we're in no real rush. Mm -hmm. But so first single on the yeah, New Year's Eve. Second one to follow in January. Third one probably in March. And in April, May for the album. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I'd obviously, I'd love to have it out tomorrow. Mm. But I suppose what I've learned 
is that I suppose to give the music air to breathe, you you need a kind of a run up to it and. Mm-hmm. Like again, there's obviously a formula with albums, but I'm always in a mindset, just get it out there. With the last album, it was during the pandemic, so I couldn't even tour or, you know, have a, a mm. lot, proper launch or anything like that. So it was just a matter of just, just getting it, mm. release it. And I think I had a Facebook Live maybe the day of it. But with this, I think a bit of a run up mm. would be the job, you know, okay. or the plan, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, we ask all our guests for a bit of advice for anyone starting out. What piece of advice would you give someone thinking of embarking on a music career? I, I had to think about this one. Don't pigeon, pigeonhole yourself. Mm-hmm. I suppose you have to have a a, a, a niche and a, and a genre that you fit into. Mm-hmm. I suppose in my sense, I'm neither no folk nor electronic. You know, mm-hmm. it's, just don't, don't pigeonhole yourself. And expose yourself to as much, I suppose, creativity as possible. Mm-hmm. And not that alone music. Just watch stuff. Even walking out of your front door, yeah. you're going to get inspired. I don't read music. I just don't think I ever really had the patience. I, I tried getting piano lessons and going down the, the proper academia route. Mm. But I just didn't have the... I just I, was, I, I think it was just too slow. Yeah, didn't have the patience. So what, what I yeah. would really recommend is get them young yeah like with my my three kids now that we have an old crap guitar around the place mm. so they're just learning to hold it and mm. that they know it's there and they can bash it around the place and you know they play it to the radio and stuff like that but i'm not going to you know go you you have to do lessons yeah. mm. like they're, they're like my my eldest is she'll be eight next month and She's asking me when we're going to teach her how to play guitar. And okay. I'm kind of going, no, I think it's just a matter of just learning how to hold it. And yeah, yeah. Because it is a tough, like, T- tough instrument. It's, yeah. it's, it's to start off mm, with. When you you're know, small, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I said, your, your, your hands wouldn't be big enough. No, music teachers would be given out to me now if, there, if there's anyone listening. But yeah, so I, I, but in time, they'll. What about the ukulele or something like that? No. Not a big fan of the ukulele. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not not the, the biggest sound? fan. I don't know. It's 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 for Hawaiian. Yeah. Like I've been to Hawaii and it's yeah. it's great, but uh, it should stay there really in Hawaii. <laughs> Very risque comment. It is. I know. <laughs> Thank you, Alan, for taking the time to chat to us on the Quark Creative Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Alan and his music, you can find links to his social media on quarkcreative.ie.